0: Hey there, real quick before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to a workshop all about being a swing and or dance captain that's going to be taught by Phil Colgan. He's been both a dance captain and a swing on the biggest hit of the past decade, Hamilton, and he's currently a swing and assistant dance captain on Anne Juliet right now. I actually got my start in this industry swinging and dance captaining, so I know firsthand how beneficial both of these positions are. You're much more in demand and you get paid a lot more too. Now, most people don't take advantage of these benefits or even consider being a swing and or dance captain, and I get why. There's not a lot of info out there on how to do either of these positions, let alone even how to get hired as them. So that's why Amplified Artists is sponsoring this workshop and it is open to everyone. So whether you think you may be interested in becoming a swing or a dance captain or both, or you already have been doing this and you wanna get some advanced tips and insights from a Broadway pro, come join us Monday, June 10th from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. The workshop is online, so you can join us from anywhere, and if you have a conflict, there's an option for you to get a recording of the workshop afterwards so you don't miss out. Head over to amplifiedartist.life forward workshop for all of the info and to save your spot. Again, that's amplifiedartist.life forward workshop, and I'll add that link to the show notes as well. All right, now on to the episode.
1: So many times I feel like we want to do something, we have an idea, and we're like, oh, but I'm not ready to do it yet and then you know you'll find yourself like three years later and you're like i've been telling myself i'm not ready to do this dream that i've had and it's like when am i going to be ready so personally i think that should just be like kicked out the door like you should just if you have an idea just start somewhere
0: hello welcome to theater life uncensored where we peel back the curtain and reveal to you what's really working in today's theater industry for artists just like you that means you get to hear and learn how to surpass your career goals sooner and enjoy an easier more peaceful life along the way i'm your host jim cooney a new york city-based director choreographer and i'm also the founder of amplified artists a membership community for theater professionals from performers to producers and everyone in between helping you create a career and life you love My guest today, Maggie Spasado, has created something really special called Unique Movers. It's a nonprofit that creates and hosts inclusive dance programs for individuals of all abilities. And of course, we're going to talk all about that in this episode, but we're also going to zoom all the way out and talk about creating things in general. Maggie shared so many gems about combining all the things you do to create opportunities for yourself and for others. And let's face it, it's really scary to do that since it's not been created yet. It doesn't exist. It's not tangible. So it's very daunting to trust yourself and especially daunting to take that very first step. Now, maybe you don't want to create a nonprofit, but even when you're doing something so much smaller, like creating a video for your website, the same triggers come up. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Whenever you are creating something on your own, it's going to cause some doubts and fear. So that's why I loved my conversation with Maggie and everything that she shared. I know it's going to help you the next time you create something new, and it may also excite you to create something new right now. But before you do, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player so you're the very first to know when the next episode is released. And while you're there, I'd be so grateful if you could give the podcast a five-star rating and leave a positive review. It really helps more people find out about this podcast so it can help them like it helps you. Now, one of the biggest topics I get asked about is branding. How do I know my brand? How do I create it? How do I make it stand out so people want to hire me? So to help you with this, I've put together a free guide and worksheet walking you through a three-part formula that clarifies your brand. You can grab it for free at jimcooney.me forward slash branding, which I will link to in the show notes. And by the way, if you want to connect outside of this episode, you can follow me on Instagram at jimcooneynyc. So pop on over there and say hello. All right, without further ado, here's my conversation with Maggie Spasato. Hey, Maggie, I am really looking forward to this conversation. I've been looking forward to this for a while now, so I'm excited we're finally getting to sit down and have this talk today.
1: Yes, me too. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, thank you for giving us your time and being here today. I'm really, like I said, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, for people who don't know you, uh, you do a lot of really cool things. So I just want to give you the the chance to answer this, of like how you describe yourself as an artist to people who you are first meeting.
1: Yeah, of course. So um, for you don't, anyone that doesn't know me, I'm Maggie Sposato. Um I grew up here in New York and you know, grew up dancing. I did theater when I was really young. Um, actually kind of a funny story that I like to tell. Um, I went when I was like five or six years old, I went to my friend's dance recital for the first time. And I had done like mini ballet and tap for a while, but, um, I went to the dance recital and there were girls my age on stage. They were dancing to, um, walking on sunshine. They had like these orange and pink like sherbet swirl costumes with like fringe and sparkle and i it's one of my earliest like memories but um it was like that moment was like the moment i knew i had to dance like i remember feeling like pissed like i was like i need to be on that stage like this five-year-old little girl um so at that point i told my mom i was like i need to dance mom so (laughs) she put me in classes (laughs) um but yeah so anyway today um I'm still in the process very much of finding where dance lives and where it exists in my life. Um, as of right now, it's not my primary professional career. Um, I'm not actively auditioning anymore. I would say since probably around like COVID, um, kind of tapered off into 2020 and 2021. Um, but I still enjoy taking class and I do still teach across the tri-state area. Um, I'm judging next month. So I would say dance is like still very much a part of my life. And um, beyond that, I feel, I see myself as an artist um, first and foremost. And I think that'll always be the core of who I am. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think like, and this is like a whole separate conversation, but like artists can do so many different things. We have such a great skill set that applies to so many different industries. And so people who do take some time away from the art or like actually creating art, like they're still an artist, whatever they're doing. And like it, it, it spills into, you know, like team building and like just dedication and work ethic and all these kinds of things, um, thinking outside of the box, it's just great skills to have. And so, um, I love that you still feel like, yes, I'm still an artist, even if I'm not actively making art at the moment, that's great.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, somehow with this switch from, you know, people that are, you know, working in nine to fives, like being able to go remote there's sort of this crossover and now almost like a hybrid model of people being more inspired and comfortable to do kind of create their own careers really whether it be like doing a little bit of this and that like there's less of um like a clear-cut path that you have to follow which I personally love because I feel like I always struggled with figuring out um which path I was on so now yeah Work on creating
0: my own. Yeah, I've heard like, I mean, I've been in so many conversations with people saying the same exact thing. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like this like awakening that I think the pandemic gave people of like, oh, I don't need to do what, you know, my teachers did because it's a different industry now than it was when they were in the industry. And there's different expectations. There's different freedoms. We've evolved as human beings since then. So like we have different like practices that we do as far as like what's a healthy work environment, all these kinds of things. So it is an exciting time, I think, is, you know, the pandemic was really rough for many reasons and lots of loss, lots of hardships, of course, but it's also given us this freedom to like really examine, like, what is our path and what we want to do? And that's awesome. So what, so tell me about, and and for people who are watching or listening about unique movers, because I think this is awesome. And I just want to help you get the word out about this. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Thanks. So, um, backstory, um, my uncle Robbie is really like the main inspiration for Unique Movers. Um, He's my mom's brother. He's um, born neurodivergent, which is a term that I like to use to describe someone that's either developmentally disabled or sort of on the spectrum. Um, But he's, they're like two years apart um, and they're very close. And he was sort of, there, so he grew up in the 60s and the 70s where there wasn't a lot of education about, um, you know, anyone that was on the spectrum, disabled, whatever it was, they kind of approached it like, you're going to be sent in a different schooling and you're not going to get the education that the quote unquote normal kids do. Um, And my grandmother actually ended up suing the city of Yonkers, which is where my family's from, um, to get him the education that he deserved um, and she won. So, um, awesome. so many people, you know, growing up told Rob, my uncle Robbie, like adults, like you're, you're not going to be able to read, you're not going to be able to hold a job, just all of these things. And um, I think my grandmother told me a story when she ran into someone that had said that to her and about Robbie years later, and she got to, you know introduce this person to Robbie who was you know polite charismatic um has a job has his own apartment cooks cleans like he does you know he does everything and um I think that sort of speaks for itself um but yeah so that's where the inspiration is but he loves music and dance like he will sing his heart out and dance his butt off so um my mom and I had this idea, like why don't we set up like a workshop for those um, that are neurodivergent or on the spectrum and some young dancers and studios that I know and that I've worked with um, and kind of buddy them up is what we call them and have them take class together. Um, so we did this first in June, 2018, not knowing what to expect. We kind of expected it to be like a one-off thing And it was amazing. There were so many dancers there and everyone just had a blast. And the thing that is the most important to me with Unique Movers that um, I really strive for is this feeling of inclusion, really. Um, I don't want the studio kids to be separated from the movers. Like, I, I really want them to feel like they're all in one class. And I like it because I think sometimes the dancers, you know, growing up were so exposed to learning about the industry and how we're going to get that job. Um, But we forget that dance is very much a universal language and it's about humanity and being human. So um, that's probably my favorite part about unique movers is just like seeing the merge and the marriage of those two things.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think to a lot of the conversations I've been having, people are like rediscovering their love of dance again or their love of being in the arts again. And, you know, whether that was from the pandemic or whatever, but like, this is another great example of like, it really connects you down to like, oh, this is why I got into dance in the first place. This is why I wanted to express myself with my body in the first place, like this joy Um, and being able to move and tell stories and it's, it's so cool. So I could totally imagine like what you're saying about how this is affecting the quote unquote professional dancers from, you know, the people who are doing this for recreation.
1: Yeah. Because I think I found myself struggling with that as I became, um, older and had to audition, like you, it's very easy, you know, even in anything, even I'm sure beyond the arts, like it's easy to lose sight of why you're doing something, um in the face of the challenges and all of mm-hmm. that so yeah
0: yeah so so that was 2018 and so then what's happened since then to like where you are yeah. now
1: so 2019 was yes yeah, so that was June um so throughout like the end of 2018 into the following summer I think we had like five studio events um and they just kept growing they were amazing I remember the last one we had I think it was like August of 2019, if I'm not mistaken, we had like, well over like 70 people. It was like some crazy number. I had so many walk-ins and I was like, oh my gosh, this is just incredible. And we hadn't had anyone, um, in a wheelchair. And I think we had like two that day. So, um, that was really exciting for me. And one of the things that I have to remind, not that I have to remind my, um, Faculty, but like I have to remind anyone, is that the biggest challenge sometimes when you're teaching is just like being able to adapt to who's in the room. Um, Everyone that I've had has just been incredible. Um, But I think what I look for most importantly is someone that is about having fun and making everyone in the room feel good and kind of just rolling with whatever happens. And it's just, it's all been so much fun and so much positivity. And then at the end we give certificates out and everyone gets their name called. Um, so yeah, so that's where we were at, um, 2019. And then, you know, we just got slowed down into 2020. Um, I think still we're, we're kind of getting back and trying to get some events going in person we did a lot virtually but it's not quite the same you don't get right. the same energy which right. I'm sure you know um but yeah you have to be careful with especially with you know some of our movers are medically fragile and we love them so much and we want them to be there but we, just, we can never put them in danger or put anyone in danger so we just have to be mindful of that and hang tight and pay attention so we can have some really fun, safe events soon.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know. I feel like everyone's trying to, in, in every different kind of situation, trying to figure out like, well, how do we do things safely now? And, and take care of the artists, take care of the audience, take care of, like in your case, like take care of the faculty. Like it's just, mm-hmm. I, it's really important that we're all considering this stuff now. So, I mean, that's another thing. That I think the pandemic has also helped us, you know, mental health, emotional health, physical health, That like we're creating these better spaces all around. So
1: yeah, and I think what I like about that too is the kind of like we were saying before, it just sort of slowed everyone down and made them question why they're doing what they're doing, connect with themselves again, connect with who they are as an artist. Um, so in that sense, I think there's been some positivity too.
0: Right. Do you think, is it like a fair statement to say like that through the pandemic you are realizing like what brings you joy as a as an artist is, with unique movers and, and facilitating art making and facilitating people learning and experiencing the joys of art versus like you yourself, like performing and being active in it. Like, have you made that decision or are you just kind of thinking like, oh, right now I'm just taking a little break from theater and performing or where do you kind of see yourself in there?
1: Yeah, so there's like two parts to that question. Um, the first part was a decision that was sort of hard to make um, because I was, like, trying to pursue a little more of the commercial dance side for a while. Um, but, like, contemporary was always my favorite, and I loved just, like, being live on stage, like performance, more than being on camera. Um, and I kept kind of pushing. Commercial dance was something that was, like, really, I was seeing so much of it on Instagram. It was kind of becoming more accessible to me just in the circle I was in. And... Um, you know, like, I love taking a fun hip hop class, like, but it just, as far as, like, pursuing it, my spirit was, like, kind of resisting it, and I just found myself, like, not connecting with it artistically, um, personally, so I decided, like, okay, I'm gonna not, I'm gonna step away from the commercial dance world, Um, it's just not my thing, and that was hard, because, like, um, it's just sort of, like, making a decision for yourself, you know, you see so many others doing things that are amazing and cool and um, it's it's great, you know, but you have to be like, why is this not working for me? Maybe because my spirit is not like connecting with it. So I'm trying to kind of like stick to more like concert spaces and contemporary dance, um, which I feel really good about because that's sort of what I've always really like, loved and connected with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's important. We, like, I love that you're saying about how you like, it's more about your spirit and like mm-hmm. noticing the resistance. Cause I do think that we have like the shiny object syndrome where we're like, Oh, but that looks really great to dance at the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. or that looks really great to be dancing for this choreographer or whatever it may be. Um, and like that experience is cool, but like everything else attached to it, then like all the, the steps from like where you are now to get there. And like the all the work that goes into it, the time, the energy, the money that you spend, all that, like that all has to be factored in too. And like, if your spirit and your heart love all that stuff, awesome. But -hmm. otherwise, if not, then that's going to be a very bumpy, difficult, challenging road. And you can still eventually get there, but like the journey is also part of living, you know, you're going to be alive that whole time. So it's important to enjoy your life. And I think like, one of the things we talk about in Amplified Artists is like, it's, it's like a, a, you're you're just as much a human as an artist, and just as much an artist as a human, and like it's this like 360 degree circle of your life, and so your spirit and you know your emotional health and your mental health that's just as important, and that's going to make you a better artist in like whatever ways you're channeling that. So if that's calling you to the company dance, if it's calling you to unique movers, and that's where your heart's really going to you know soar, then I love that you're really like listening to that and. Um, I'm just curious, like, do you have, for people who like feel like their heart's going one way, but they're still like attached to like that shiny object, like I was saying, like, do you have any like tips or words of advice to like help you kind of reconcile that with yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was really, it was a journey. It's it's really hard to kind of like, after I graduated college, you know, everyone kind of has that moment when they're like entering their 20s. Like. Oh crap, like life is real and I have to make decisions. Um, and it was the decision making that was hard for me. But I sort of just, I feel like if you're noticing a pattern, um, because I was going to some of these auditions and just like, to be completely honest, like not feeling as invested as I wish I was. So, I think sometimes you could even do process of elimination if you're not sure what it is. Like, okay, I'm I'm kind of just not killing it in these auditions. Like, ask yourself, is there something else going on? Am I feeling, you know, not as confident as I want to be? Do I need to go into the studio and train in a certain style and then come back and get get into it? Um, you know, taking breaks is good because then you can decide if you miss something or if you feel better without it. So um yeah, I think just like tuning it sounds cliche and easier said than done but like taking a taking a step back and like tuning in to yourself and then most importantly being okay with whatever like the answer is that comes up within yourself. Mm-hmm. Accepting yeah.
0: it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and I it's like, especially if something's been your dream for a long time, it's hard to like detach from that and then, you know, go shift in, dire- in a different direction. But I do feel like ultimately, it's gonna feel right like when you when you do make that choice. And if it doesn't, then you, like you said, you can keep questioning. It. So I think that's a good a good way to look at it for sure.
1: Yeah, and you know what? You can always change your mind. I feel like there's so much pressure. I mean. Maybe there's not for other people, but I've always put pressure on myself, like this is the decision and um this is it. But you know what? If I like in 10 years am still in good shape and I want to go and try to dance to the Super Bowl, like I'll do it. I'll I'll, you know, there's no there's no right or wrong answer. And I think the more that you tell yourself that, the freer you'll feel.
0: Right. And I yeah. think too, like as we as we get older, um, we just get more and more experience at whatever we're doing. So sometimes when we make a decision or or make a goal, we don't have all the information yet. And then a year later, two years later, three years later, whatever it may be, you have a lot more information now. Would you make the same goal? Would you make the same decisions knowing Mm -hmm. what you know now? And I think that's hard for people to let go because it's been a goal. I think like you hit on this earlier, like if something feels like a routine, you know, it's like, it's hard to kind of break out of that and feel like, oh, this is something else. know that i could experience or or do so it's like giving yourself that permission that like like courage or whatever you need to kind of like take that step in that other direction
1: yeah and i think that the other aspect that people maybe don't think about as much is like the comparing of what other people are doing um, is so much more a part of our psyche than i think people want to believe um sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing something just because everyone else is doing it yes that's something that i'm trying to start to be aware of and see like what patterns in my life are really patterns that i want or am i just doing them because Mm everyone is doing them
0: yeah i mean i see this with like some people will train with the same you know, teachers for years and years and years and years. And I was always telling my students, like, you've, you've gotten everything from me, go on to someone else now. But I think it's like, you just like, well, this, these are my teachers. But Mm -hmm. it's like, if you've mastered, like what that teacher, you know, because all each teacher has different things that they are trying to, you know, help their students with. And so, you know, some people like to stick, like one style of choreography, and like, then you nail that style of choreography, then it's time to go on to someone else. Some are more like, you know, nailing how to tell a story, some of them are nailing a a certain like dynamic or whatever it may be. But like, once you kind of get these things like that's the beauty of being in New York city or any place where there's a lot of performing artists and teachers is like the world's your oyster. You can learn so many different things Um, but you get in this comfort zone of like I'm just gonna keep taking from my same teacher over and over and over again. And I'm paying $25 a class every single time. And yet I'm walking out the same dancer I was When I walked in, and so I tell people like, if you're if you can't really leave the class and say like at least three or four things you learned and that you grew today, then was that worth your twenty five dollars? Or why are you going to keep paying that when there's all these other teachers you could also be you know studying with and and growing with? But Mm -hmm. I think people are also afraid of failure. It's like you you want to be the best in the class, especially now because everything's on social media. So if it's going to be filmed, like yeah, yeah
1: definitely that sort of changed the social media and having video um so accessible personally like changed it it influenced my decision on like what to do Mm -hmm. a little bit but um because I feel like I was sort of at the age when I started entering the professional dance world or the industry um it was like right when like people were starting to video classes and then it was just like viral dance video. Um,
0: And
1: like I said, like for me, like being on camera makes me nervous. So um, I never thrived in those situations. And it wasn't until like, I would say this year that I was like, okay, I can stand in front of a camera and not forget the whole combo.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's just, it, everyone's different. Everyone has, you know, different. Right. Different abilities and Mm -hmm. strengths yeah and
0: i think a lot of um like conversations i've been having with dancers are like they're afraid like they're only going to the classes where they're not afraid because in the class where like they would push themselves to do one extra turn or jump higher or do whatever it is like they're too afraid to do that because it's going to be on camera and people are going to see it and that's going to be out there on the internet and so they go to the classes where there's no filming happening or the teacher only films like the very last time or asks like who wants to be on camera or or doesn't film it at all, whatever. So that they feel that they can spend the whole class taking as much risks as possible. Um, And I think like that's something that teachers need to think about is like, if you're trying to create a safe space for your dancers to really grow and this is like true of acting teachers, vocal teachers, not just with dance, but to like be mindful of how you're using your social media presence because it does affect the learning process.
1: I agree. I like when instructors will like dedicate certain classes to filming and then you know ahead of time and then dedicate others like no cameras, no nothing.
0: Yeah.
1: Because um, then you, it's so good to have both because then you can kind of shift your mind space when the camera is on and kind of go into that like audition performance practice mode. And then you still have like your training you know, I'm going to fall on my butt yeah. and nobody's
0: yeah. going to care. Yeah. I mean, cause you do like, you get footage from your reels that way. It's good exposure to other people in the industry. Like there's definitely, you know, pros to using it, but I think yeah. it's like with everything, like there has to be a balance. Definitely. Um. So if someone were to want to start something like unique movers or a company of their own in any way, or actually just any kind of opportunity that they wanted to pursue that, like, Because, you know, unique movers didn't exist, like you created that. So if someone wanted to create a complete opportunity for themselves, you know, what, what have you learned through your process that you could share that would help someone, you know, do that for themselves?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, There's two things that I think of. The first thing I think of is, it's really good to know what kind of worker you are, as far as your personality. So some people are really good self-starters and they are ready to go with their own routine every day and they're always ready to buckle down and work during a certain amount of hours in the day and then like they don't even think about it whereas other people you know want to work when they're in the mood so they'd rather work like at night and then there's people that are really good at collaborating with others or people that just want to work alone so I think being aware of who you are in that sense and really leaning into it um, will definitely help as as a start. Um, The other thing is so many times I feel like we want to do something, we have an idea and we're like, oh, but I'm not ready to do it yet. Mm. And then, you know, you'll find yourself like three years later and you're like, I've been telling myself I'm not ready to do this dream that I've had. And it's like, when am I going to be ready? So Personally, I think that should just be like kicked out the door. Like you should just, if you have an idea, just start somewhere, just like, you know, you're going to fail even if you feel ready or not. So you need to just start and, you know, there's going to be bumps in the road, but you're eventually going to get there if you just like get it going.
0: Don't you feel like you learn so much more by doing than like thinking and like planning? (laughs) I mean, I feel like the doing is like, that's when you learn so much and so it's like it's almost like the more scared you are of something the faster you should run and go do it so you can learn from that and and get the information you need
1: it's so true I, i find myself like i'm like a big thinker so i'll be like you know sitting on my couch like thinking about something and i'm like this is productive but it's not i'm really just like i'm not learning anything like i'm actually just like kind of rolling through my internal ruminating thoughts without actually doing anything so i'm trying to push myself to just like have an idea get started on it and see what i learn from it yeah.
0: yeah yeah i was at this um I, don't, I forget what it was exactly it was like a symposium for directors and choreographers and warren carlisle was like the opening speaker and he was saying that he the first thing he does is tackle the thing he's the most scared of in the mm-hmm. show because then he has the most amount of time to like basically what we're saying, like learn from that and, and and refine and make it the best it can be or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting because my process up until that point was like, let me like chip away all the things that I don't need to worry about because it's like, then I can get my to-do list down to like just the part. And I feel like for me, it was like clear all the noise of like all the easy things I'm not scared of. And it's like, then I can like hunger down and do this. But I actually started switching my process because of, of uh, him saying that, because it, I was like, yeah, that doesn't make sense that if you can conquer that especially like early on then like the rest of the process is so easy and like what you learn from that hardest thing that affects all the easy things and brings so much more life to that stuff so i think like it's it's good advice for people who are you know wanting to do these kinds of things like just just go do the hardest thing first
1: yeah that's definitely like the number one thing that i think might get in the way of people yeah. starting
0: something yeah i mean it's like with amplified artists it's the same thing. Like I wanted to do this for a long time and it was like, I just never had the time. Thank you know, thankfully the pandemic gave me the time, but in my head of what I thought it was and what I spent like six months creating, like within the first, actually three or four months of it being open, we, we changed gears. So, I mean, you've been a founding member, so you might remember some of these things. Like we changed gears a lot of times, like the way we did events and the way we handled things and the types of trainings we were doing and like what worked better and what people liked. Because like what I thought it was, was not what people actually wanted or needed. And so like, okay, well, this is what people would prefer to have. Let's do that. And it's like, I wish I would have, you know, taken this advice we're talking about and just kind of thrown it out there, a very messy version, like who cares? It's not going to be great the first couple of months, just because like, it would have like gotten us to things faster. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, like lesson learned for myself too. It's like, this is like a lifelong process of like, (laughs) embracing your fears and just kind of going to it as fast as you can
1: yeah that's like something that I think about a lot because I'll like you know like launching something especially it kind of goes into what we're saying about the video with the dancing like when you're launching something online you want it to be perfect and you want it to be the best representation of yourself but in reality like whether you however you launch it you're gonna improve it as you go along so you might as well just launch what you have and then just you know get it get it to where it needs to be and and keep changing and, and pushing and kind of just like owning the fact that I feel like we see on social media with like so much of this influencers and virality that people can just be famous you know in an instant so we're very much looking for this like instant gratification thing Whereas um, when you start something like it's supposed to be not perfect. It's supposed to be small. Um, So I think just like remembering that is, Mm -hmm. is helpful too.
0: Yeah. And I think it's like just finding your confidence, finding a way to feel empowered, finding a way to trust yourself. Um, I feel like clarity helps a lot with like, when you can be really clear about what you're trying to accomplish and you know, who you are as an artist and what you're trying to actually like what the ultimate goal is of like, um, you know, like how does this fit into Like we were talking earlier, like your creative fulfillment, like, okay, maybe for your case, like unique movers, like really like fills a big chunk of my creative fulfillment. So maybe I can let some of the other things go for a little bit, or I really love teaching. I love being at these competitions and helping the next generation of dancers. Like you can find those things because you're giving yourself that, that permission to do it. Like we were saying earlier.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Do you think, so, you know, one of the, like, going back to what I said earlier, like with Amplified Artists, where it's like this 360 approach, like, do you feel that that's, I feel like you already had this before you joined Amplified Artists, this is already like part of who you are, but has that like thinking about that of, you know, your the spirit part of it and like who you are as a person being just as much as part of the artist, like, has that affected your decision-making in in any way? Has that affected the way you create art, the way you approach unique movers or anything of that nature?
1: Yeah. it's actually, also like Amplified artist is definitely something that has helped me with this because it's like the hardest part for me has always been sort of marrying the idea of other things I like to do. So I would say like growing up, the two things that I love the most were writing and dance. Um, and now, you know, my main professional career that keeps me afloat is um, not um, dance and... I have to try to understand that like i'm not I'm bigger than my career. I'm more how do I say this? I'm not just my career and my life is not just my career. I'm a person who likes to do different things. It's like kind of saying like, oh, you know i I only. I only listen to rock music. Like I am only rock music. No, like we like different things. We're people. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of going on a tangent, but I think what I was trying to say is like being well-rounded is great. And I think that you don't have to be black and white. And you don't have to define who you are, what you are, based on the things that you like and the things that you do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I love that idea too of like marrying all these different, you know, I, I usually talk about is like bringing things into like one lane so you can just go on down the highway to like what you actually want. But but I love this idea too, of like marrying it because it really like, you can't like take your artistry away from your humanity and vice versa. Like yeah. It is married together and um, being like multi-passionate and like multi-hyphenate and all these like terminology that's coming out now for people to be able to describe themselves. I love it because it, it you know, I grew up in the generation two where it's like, if you tell anyone you do anything else besides theater they're never going to hire you because they're going to think you're not serious about it and not committed yeah. and like and i'm just so glad that like we don't have to deal with that and actually it's like the things that people really like uh, d- about hiring people is all the other things besides who they are as a performer because if we're going to be right. together eight hours a day six days a week it's like well who, how are you going to be like to just like share lunch break with and if we're on the road together or like to go grab a beer with after a rehearsal or you just like are you more interesting to talk to or can you only like recite the lyrics of Wicked or like do you have other things you can you know do and talk about um, and I think like that's one of the other benefits of social media is like you get to share so many different sides of who you are so people really get to know you instead of like just who you are in the audition room and so like I love that the the phrasing you use about marrying that because it really is it is a marriage
1: yeah I think that's so true it's like a way of just to become more of yourself and not just the idea of what you think you should be.
0: Right. You said you're using your, your writing now to basically, you know, pay the bills and whatnot. Is that what's giving you the funding for unique movers or are you getting funding in different ways for that?
1: Yeah. So we started, so now I'm a nonprofit. Okay. Um, and I became a nonprofit during COVID. Um, Honestly, I, I wanted to do it um, because I feel like Unique Movers for me is just more about community building and um, giving back. Um, and I didn't, if I'm being completely candid, like I didn't want Unique Movers to have that pressure added to it. Um, so yeah, we, you know, we rely on people who help us and, you know, we kind of take, take money out of out of pocket. But um when I started applying for jobs that were not dance related when I kind of took a break, um, I got hired by this really great music agency. Um, so I worked for them for a while as a DJ agent, which was really cool because I had, I'd still had, you know, an agent with dance at the time. Um, and even though it was DJs, like there were so many similar like, isms on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And I, it made me kind of realize like, even something as small as like a dancer being like, I texted my agent, they didn't respond and blah, blah, blah. But like, then I'm like not responding to some of these DJs just because I'm busy. And then I'm like, oh my God, they probably think that like there's something wrong or they did something wrong. So um, yeah, side note, that was very cool. Um, but now I actually work um, for the New York Post, yeah, um, awesome. which is really cool too. So I've done like a couple of really different, kind of things, but they're all sort of tie into who I am, um, as a person in my interests. So I feel mm-hmm. lucky to have that. And yeah, I mean, having something else outside of dance definitely gives me some, um, cash flow to do things for unique movers and, and get events done. But really, um, you know, we get a lot of help from people who support us and, um, different organizations and, Honestly, so many of the studios we've worked with have just donated space. And that's probably the biggest thing. um, If you're ever trying to do something with like a dance event, like seeing if you can work something out with Mm the studio owner, um, like split a registration or whatever it may be because space can be really expensive as I'm sure so many dancers now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good even for like people who are choreographers to know that because like, especially when I'm doing just, projects for myself that aren't going to be paid, but just like, I want to have more work for my reel or like a passion project or whatever it is approaching spaces and be like, you know, this is not a money-making thing. You mm-hmm. know, are there times when your studio is not available or like I filmed something in a hotel. I was like, is there a time when this like event space isn't even being used that yeah. someone can just literally come put the lights on for us and like, we'll be in and out in like two hours and like, won't touch anything. Like, and they gave it to me for free. It's like, I think just knowing that you can ask for these things mm-hmm. is, is a, important thing for people to know
1: yeah I definitely agree um yeah don't be afraid to ask for help it's like another thing that I would add on to if you're trying to start something on your own yes
0: Yes. we need
1: people for sure
0: (laughs) yeah we do yeah um it's a community I mean this is like a business of relationships and it's just Mm -hmm. like lean on your community and um you know, and whatever that means for you, like there's obviously all different forms of community through church, through unions, through just friend groups, your family, um, you know, amplified artists, like there, there's just so many different ways you can handle that. So I think it's just important you have some sort of support system, whatever that is, um, and find that for yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. I agree.
0: Cool. So that's all awesome. What, um, what's your like, plan with unique movers moving forward and like for you personally and like with your teaching and you know what's kind of like what's your next step for you
1: yeah so um as far as unique movers goes we do have an event planned it's june 11th it's going to be in um tuckahoe new york which is in westchester this will be more of like a dance party kind of like a reunion Mm -hmm. because it's just been so long since we've like really done anything so um, if you want to find out more about that follow us on unique movers dance um, on instagram and then we also have a website uniquemoversdance.com um so that'll be really fun I'm excited about it and then one of the as far as me I, there's a couple of projects that I would like to do um, I really wanted to produce um a live performance yeah. I kind of started on it a little bit I would like to kind of combine like visual art in some way projections which I've seen mm-hmm. some of my friends do in the past that I thought was amazing and I was really inspired so um that's something that I'd like to do so that'll probably be like a long drawn out process considering it's my first time doing it um but yeah that's definitely like a, a near goal of mine
0: right now yeah well, I hope you run to it and start and do the scary things we are talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <laughs> Me too. I hope I don't
1: just like type on my computer ideas and then just yeah. let it sit there for four months. <laughs>
0: we'll just make a deadline for yourself and like tell tell people when that deadline is, and then we'll call and check on you. and am like, did you okay? Do that it? <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I need could, that. You put it in the forums and Amplified ours and we'll we'll check in on you. <laughs> that sounds
1: awesome.
0: Are there anything else you'd like to share or other things that we didn't hit on that? Um, uh... As far as like being an artist and going out there and making your opportunities.
1: No, I think we covered so much ground. It's just amazing. It's so great when I get to connect with other artists and just like talk about what we feel because we really do all go through the same thing. And having a community is just, it's everything like it's so so important so thank you for that
0: oh yeah well thanks for being part of it I mean it's been awesome having you and I appreciate you've been there since the very beginning and have shared your ideas and like actually you you probably out of everyone in the whole community like are the most supportive of like replying to emails to me and saying, this is great. keep going. <laughs> like you, you light the fire under me to keep going too. So I appreciate like all the feedback and the the support and encouragement you give me along the way. It really oh,
1: helps. of course. I'm so happy to do that. I mean, like, that's what, you know, it's just, we spend so much of our time, like focusing on ourselves and our goals that like, it feels so good to just like take a minute and think about someone else and, and tell someone when you're feel like they're doing great so yeah um, more than happy to do that anytime
0: yeah no i really appreciate that you um you gave us the information for unique movers but if someone wants to like follow you personally and connect more with you where would they go to find you yeah
1: you can follow me on instagram it's just my full name um i did have a website but it's under construction but that's also my full name but usually my handles are just maggie Spazzato.
0: so cool well i'll link to that in the description so people can just click right through Okay. Great. Um, awesome. So thank you so much for, for being here and for sharing this and I really I love so much what you're doing with unique movers it's incredible. Everyone should definitely go check that out and support you guys because it's, it's really awesome and I, you know I know what it means to the people who get to participate in it and I've worked in that space uh, myself and not through your organization, but through other ones in the city and even growing up. And so I just, like, I know the joy that it brings people. And so Mm -hmm. I just, like, I love hearing and I love seeing your posts about it. So thank you for creating that. It's, It's really awesome. Yeah,
1: thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: All right, well, I'll see you later then.
1: Bye.
0: Okay, bye. So what did you think? Did she not give you such great advice? And how awesome is Unique Movers? I'm so grateful for these incredible conversations I get to have with artists like Maggie and to be able to share them with you. Before we wrap up here, don't forget you can get my three-part branding formula guide and worksheet on my website for free at jimcooney.me forward slash branding or by following the link in the show notes. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe. And while you're there, leave the show a five-star review, especially if you think this podcast will be helpful for someone else. If you've got any questions or want to keep the conversation going, just give me a shout on Instagram. You can find me at Jim Cooney NYC. Remember, there's no one on the planet who's just like you. Be true to the gifts you have and who you are. Thanks for tuning in today. Now here's a little preview of next week's episode. I will see you then. We're going to look at the three biggest pitfalls you should avoid when it comes to your branding. And of course, we'll talk about what to do instead. These three things are what makes a difference between a brand that's just nice to look at and one that actually books you work. And the whole point of branding is to book you more work, so it's crucial you don't fall prey to these three very common pitfalls.